Hi, and welcome along to another episode of the Halftime Team Talk Podcast. We are home ground where football comes home. I'm Haikal, the Arsenal fan, and together with me is Da, the Liverpool fan. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, I'm doing well, I'm doing well. Things are looking on the up for Liverpool. Yep, that sounds great and not so great as an Arsenal fan. But uh, before we begin, uh, before we score a goal, um, there's a few things that we need to say. And uh, we're actually saddened to learn of the passing of Ajax youngster Noah Gesser. Uh, he was actually a striker and knowing of Ajax's history with youth talents, this feels like we actually lost a future star. Also, uh, rest in peace to Emilio Balak, who is uh, the son of former Bayern legend Michael Balak. He unfortunately passed away in a bike accident and Emilio was actually having an internship with FC Chemnitzer, which is Michael Balak's first club. And our thoughts and prayers goes out to both Michael Balak's family as well as Noah Gesser's family and friends. All right. So usually I'll have a quiz here, but because we are two person and also the other guy is an FPL um intelligent in FPL, I would say. Uh da, anything to say before the last um tip before the season begins? Okay, uh disclaimer, disclaimer, I'm not so good. I this is probably my first this this is my first season where I'm so interested and I'm, and I'm really writing articles and like you know going into the stats and stuff. Um, okay, I think the, the the one tip that I would like to give is uh, the best player to pick from a promoted team. Um, hands down, it has to be Ivan Tony, right? Uh, at 6.5, his price point is really good. He's 1 million cheaper than uh, Antonio Watkins and Inacio. And uh, he's 1.5 million cheaper than uh, Ings and uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, right? Um, I expect um, Ivan Tony to score um, at least in four out of the five games. Um, reason being because their facial list is actually not that bad. Um, they're up against Arsenal at home, which, uh, I mean, you know, Arsenal, first game of the season uh, at home against a newly promoted team, uh, sorry, away away against a newly promoted team, so they're going to struggle. Uh, they've also got Crystal Palace, Brentford has also got Crystal Palace, Aston Villa, Brighton and Wolves. Uh, so their first five fixtures, I expect Ivan Tony to score. Um, so that's why I think Ivan Tony is a must for your... Uh, team also looking at the stats for Ivan Tony. Um, you know he played forty five games last season and he scored uh, thirty one goals and he assisted ten uh, ten goals. So that's that's about forty one um, goal involvements from forty five games. Okay, which is which really speaks volumes of himself of of, of his ability. And um, if you're looking for a differential in terms of the uh, best promoter player, uh, it will probably be Billy Gilmore. Um, you know at four point five million. He's cheap, Chelsea youth on loan. He played well under Lampard when given the chance. Um, of course, one to look for because Norwich, uh, Norwich has a crazy visualist against the top six um, in the first few games as well. Um, Mbuembo from uh, Brentford as well. And uh, Ismail Asa. We all know Ismail Asa. Uh, he's, he's played in the Premier League before. We know how good he is. So yeah, these are the three differentials that you could also look at if you don't want to get Ivan Tony. All right. Like I said, intelligent in FPL. Okay, so the first news that we're going to be talking about, um, actually we covered it last week, which uh, made us feel a little bit embarrassed because by the time we published last week's podcast, 
Barcelona announced that they couldn't agree a deal with Messi. So just to let you know that we recorded that podcast at on a Thursday night Singapore time, uh, which is GMT plus eight, uh, about 10 p.m. We published it about two hours later, and then Barcelona's announcement came about three hours after that. So we couldn't do anything about that, but to address it on this podcast, uh, right? So Messi leaves, whereas last week we said Messi stays, and. Barcelona's finances are in the red. Whoever is in charge of finance should never, ever, ever touch my money. And <laughs> in terms of money, along came PSG. I have to say, I'm not actually surprised that PSG came for him since they have all that money. What I'm actually more surprised is seeing Sergio Des having the audacity to wear a full NBA kit at Messi's press conference. Because if I'm friends with Sergio Des. I'm never inviting him to my wedding. I don't know what what he's gonna wear. It, it, it's like the same one where uh, Abomayang wore, yep, the the, the African the best shirt player. and jeans to the African awards, right? Yep, exactly. But anyway, da, um, do you think that Messi leaving was a huge shock, or it was expected? Bearing in mind that last week we actually said that he stayed, and we. I mean, you, me, and Tiru kind of agreed. Did I agree that he was going to stay? Though, I think I, I think I said that I would wish for him to go to PSG and and for PSG to sign Ronaldo and Messi, right? Oh, really? Yeah, I, I think, I think I did say that. Okay. Because it's been, it's been a dream of mine for like so long to see Messi and PSG play in the same team. Uh, and it could probably be a reality next year. Um, depending on, I mean, according to reports, depending on whether Mbappe leaves. Uh, well, the reports are that if uh, if Mbappe leaves, then PSG will have some money to sign Ronaldo. So, yep. so yeah, I, I think mean, that is not a shock to you that uh, Messi leaving Barcelona for PSG. Um, if you were to tell me this last year, at the end of the season, then yes, I would not agree to it. I would say that uh, it's it's beyond reality. Um, but but um, as soon as we heard of. Messi did not uh, did not sign the new contract. Uh, you know, at the start of this year, uh, like it, there were delays in him signing the new contract and stuff. Then we kind of heard there was a possibility that he might leave. So it's probably like fifty percent. But I think in terms of June, when we heard that they couldn't register new players, like you know they have to take uh, players have to take a pay cut, and then mm. we kind of know that it was probably like eighty or ninety percent. You know he's going to leave and he's going to go to PSG because no one else can buy, right? Yep. So, um, talking about PSG now, and you mentioned uh, a little about a little bit about Ronaldo and Messi, but before even Ronaldo comes to PSG, being a reality, at the moment you look at PSG squad, there's so much talent. Do you think that these players could actually coexist? Uh, I think they actually can because, um, honestly, the star power is there. Um, but we've seen stuff out there before with um, you know Beckham, Ronaldinho, um, Ibrahimovic, the likes of that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that they can definitely coexist. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how uh, Pochettino is able to gel them together because he's never had this kind of star power. I mean, back at Tottenham, he only had Son and Kane, and and of course Son and Kane cannot be compared to the likes of Mbappe, uh, Neymar, and Messi, uh, even Di Maria as well. Um, so yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how uh, Pochettino gels them together. Um, 
I don't think they're going to win the UCL. Not at, not this time as not this year, not this season because uh, we know that Poch always has a bottleless mentality. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean all, all jokes aside, uh, I don't think they'll win it this year because they 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 probably will need some time, and you know there are teams better than them. Like there are teams who have been playing together for a longer time. Um, but in Messi, they are signing uh, you know thirty goal per season yeah. striker. You know he scored thirty goals last season, twenty five in the previous one. Then 36, 34, 37. You know, before that, uh, it's 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 insane. His his stats are insane. Um, you know, at at his age, he's still able to score so much. Um, but yeah. So talking about PSG style of play, when I saw uh, I saw the game last week against Tua, uh, who are the newcomers to League One. Uh, before I talk about the game, some interesting fact about Tua is that they were actually recently bought by the City Football Group in uh, September, the same oh. group that owns Man City. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I so I think that's why that's one of the main reasons how they actually managed to win League Two and uh, move up to League One so uh, so quickly. Um, yeah. Anyways, back to the game. So besides Hakimi, um, I felt that every other PSG player had an okay game. Hakimi scored the second goal, which uh, was the which was deemed to be the winning goal for them. What's uh, the scoreline on that? Sorry, I was two one. Sorry. So. Um, okay. Tua scored first. I think in the first 10 minutes they scored, and then uh, PSG came back from 1-0 down to win 2-1. Um, Ender Herrera was involved in both goals, providing the pass to Mbappe for the first one, uh, and then Mbappe set up Icardi for the open goal, and the second one uh, Ender Herrera pro- provided the pass for Hakimi to slot it into the back of the net. Um, they were lucky to win the game because of uh, Navas's uh, heroics. Navas really saved them a lot of times. And um, looking at the way Mbappe played, he was actually really lost in the left flank, um, and I think he's best suited down the middle. So it should definitely be, um, you know, Messi in behind the top three of Di Maria, um, Mbappe, and Neymar, Neymar, or Messi on the right uh, with Di Maria sitting out, and then um, Mbappe and Di Maria filling up the last two slots. I I honestly Mbappe don't think Mbappe should play on the left. You said Di Maria sit out, but oh, then you sorry. said, uh, yeah, Di Maria sitting out. So Mbappe and Neymar, uh, center and and left. All right. So with Messi leaving Barcelona, it kind of created a domino effect because Aguero came to Barcelona thinking that he could actually play alongside his best friend on a club level, but then he left. I'm pretty sure he's so pissed off that he actually injured himself, or claims to be injured, or actually got injured. <laughs> which depends on your interpretation, and this whole situation is like bringing your girlfriend to your friend's party, and by party I mean a FIFA tournament party. So you know <laughs> how they actually turns out. So that um, tell us more about whether Aguero could actually fit in to Barcelona. Um, now that there's a huge void that Messi left, and um, yeah, some stats regarding uh, this whole Aguero. I, yeah, okay. So first of all, I agree with you that uh, Aguero's injury is kind of fake. Uh, he, I think he just wants to get out. Uh, but it's kind of bittersweet for Barca that he's injured actually because it's less hitting in the registration department. Um, you know, let me just quote from this article from uh, SB Nation. Uh, so Barca are actually running out of time to register their new signings. Uh, you know, they they still need to register Eric Garcia, uh, Memphis Depay, Sergio Aguero, and uh, possibly. Emerson Royal, mm-hmm. uh, but Barca think that Emerson Royal is actually already registered because he's not a new signing. They simply just activated their right to bring him back from Real Betis. 
So that, that that's a little complication there. We, we will see whether uh, Amazon Royal is already registered. Um, but in terms of Aguero and his registration, he's definitely not going to be registered with his new sign, uh, with his new injury, of course. So the only two players that Barca are going to register or going to look to register is uh, Depay and Amazon Royal. Garcia mm-hmm. will not be registered because he just came back from the uh, Olympics. So, uh, okay, a little bit about Aguero's stats, right? The past few years, okay, uh, the past season, he played um, 12 games. And he only scored four. Okay, we all first remember the Panenka penalty uh, wonder he did last season. I think, was it against Chelsea? I think so. Yeah, I think it was against Chelsea, right? Yeah, Mendy saved the penalty. That mm-hmm. was embarrassing. That was really embarrassing. Um, then in terms of... Um, 2019-2020, he played only 24 games and he scored 16 goals. And, uh, you know, the last time he played 30-plus games, right, was in 2018-2019, where he played uh, 33 games and he scored 21 goals. So he still managed to get 20-odd uh, goals. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five years in a row, he managed to get 20-odd goals since the year of 2015, 2014-2015 uh, at Man City. So... Um, they, they are Barcelona is getting someone who is already past his prime. Okay, he's a washed-up striker. He's already past his prime at the age of thirty-three. All right. Uh, the only reason why I think that they are getting him right is because of Messi's recommendation. I don't think there's any other reason. I mean, the only other reason is probably they regret the selling of uh, Suarez to Atletico Madrid, and they want to mm-hmm. replicate uh, Atletico Madrid's success in Suarez uh, in in Aguero. Um, another thing that would make me think why um, Barcelona decided to sign, Messi, uh, sign Aguero was because they cannot afford to sign anyone. They knew about their problems earlier. They knew about their registration problems now that they cannot officially pay for anyone and afford their salary. So they have to go for free transfers, like how they've gone for um, Eric Garcia and Aguero. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, yeah, with that, with that being said, those are the only few reasons I can think of why they actually have gotten Suarez there. I, I mean, um, Aguero there, sorry. So, no you other, really no other Suarez. reason. Why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm really, I really miss Suarez in Liverpool, man. <laughs> okay, so we're going to score a goal. But before doing that, as usual, we have a quiz. And my quiz for you, Da, this week is how many clubs has Ancelotti managed? I'll think about it and I'll get back to you. No, you're going to Google it, right? No, I'm not. I'm not. I swear I'm not going to Google it. I'm going to count in my head. You can count and, you know, on the show. <laughs> oh, you want my answer now? I thought you were going for a break. No, we, I, we need your answer now and then oh, okay. we go I'm, for I'm a break go for, and I'm then I reveal the answer. I'm going, to, I'm going to go for 12. I'm going to go for 12. 12? Okay. Yeah. So, we'll score a goal and let's see whether Da gets it right after we score a goal. So, the question before we score a goal was, how many clubs has Ancelotti managed? You said 12. No, I'm wrong. I just Googled. I told you not to Google. It's actually 10. Oh, it's 10? Yep. It's 10. Because uh, I remember there's two clubs before Juventus. And then there's Juventus, Milan. So, that's four. And then there's Chelsea. So, five. PSG. Real Madrid, Bayern, Napoli, and Everton. 
Nice. Right. But 12 is close. Yeah. I uh, I, w- I want to say 8 Im- initially. I don't know mm-hmm. why I counted 8 though. But if you got 8, it will be kind of right because 8 is like, 8 is the club that I just mentioned 8 clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so 8 yeah. is the number of clubs, right? Not not the number of times he's moved yeah. to a different club. Yeah. Anyways, the next story is a loving, touching story between Chelsea and Lukaku. And they are actually this summer's love story. Here you have a club that loves to loan out players and has actually loaned Lukaku out before. And he came back thinking he's going to make the first team only to get loaned out again. And then got sold. And now they want him back. And then he also wants to come back. Doesn't that sound like they do? Doesn't that sound like they both deserve each other? <laughs> but I don't know if it's happily ever after or he gets loaned out again. Because I'm not surprised if he does get out loan out. Uh, if he does get loaned out again, if Taylor Swift needs a new song to write, it should be about Chelsea and Lukaku. Definitely. <laughs> well, jokes aside, um, Lukaku has been impressive playing in a league where defense comes first. He scores goals for fun in Italy. And honestly, it has been quite a good season last season for him because he won the league uh, for Inter. And it's been quite a long time since Inter won the Serie A. But one thing that Chelsea fans need to take note of is that his first touch hasn't actually improved. I've seen videos where it's actually the same from his time at United. So Tuchel needs to make sure that Lukaku needs to have touches in the box more rather than um, him dribbling because it might be risky to have him dribble because if I'm not wrong in the Serie A, it's more compact, whereas in the Premier League, players are kind of a bit more aggressive. And at the same time, I'm not sure if Lukaku would actually play well under Tuchel because we already they already have Timo Werner and Werner hasn't been the same since Leipzig and I thought the German connection might actually work but I'm afraid it hasn't. My guess is that for next season I feel that Lukaku might have a run. I'm not sure whether initially or you know somewhere in the middle of the season and then just lose touch again but that's just my prediction. Um, Da, would you agree with me? Um, yeah, I mean my god what a signing that is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think that he's gonna be explosive. He's gonna explode onto the scene. He's gonna he's gonna just tear every other Premier League team apart, and Chelsea's gonna win the Premier League. <laughs> That's just my bold uh, assumption. But uh, yeah, second coming of probably the deadliest striker in the game right now. Um, I honestly think that he is the best striker right now. Uh, he, he actually performed in Euros. Sorry, he actually performed in Euros. Uh yeah, he actually did perform in Euros. Uh the only mm-hmm. the only thing that I think held him back was uh the injuries to Kevin De Bruyne mm-hmm. and probably um uh, their manager, you know, Roberto Martinez. Um yeah. he I mean we we spoke about how how Roberto Martinez was uh is not influential in Belgium. So I mean yeah, that leave leaving that aside, uh some stats coming your way about uh Lukaku. Lukaku. He's only he's only twenty eight. He's in his prime right now. And um okay, let me just compare him to some of the strikers, all right? Um 
his his non penalty expected goals right is actually per 90 is 0.58 so he's expected to score uh, you know 0. he's expected to score um half About the time half. he's yeah. playing he's playing and that's actually in the 93 percentile um comparing to all other forwards so which is actually quite high um he's he's uh xg assists uh you know which 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 means uh, expected assists is also in the 91 percentile so mm. which means he's bringing goals and he's bringing um assists to his game it's not just the goals it's it's also assists as well um okay speaking about some concrete um stats okay last season he last season he played 36 games he scored 24 goals um 11 assists okay that's his best mm-hmm. uh which is 35 goal involvements it's it's so far his best um in the year before he scored 23 he only assisted two okay okay so you can see how much uh his assisting game has improved over one season um back in manchester united um he only scored 18 goals uh, he's only scored 28 goals over two seasons okay uh whereas he played 66 games in total this is oh. only i'm only talking about the league i'm not talking about champions league uh you know europa league and everything i'm just talking about the league itself mm. uh, serie a and and premier league and then um his best season in the premier league came when he was at everton uh where he played 37 games 25 goals and 6 assists so that's 31 goal involvements uh before he of course moved to um, manchester united okay okay so um let me just talk about his uh per 90 minutes um stats for last season okay which is his best season to date uh he has got 0.75 goals per 90 minutes okay he's got 75% chance of scoring every game and uh his assists is at uh, 0.34 Okay, that is actually very good. So goals plus assists, he's guaranteed to give you a goal or an assist per game. Right, this is according to his stats, you know. Um, and uh, if you look at his expected, right, his expected, um, expected goals were actually twenty two point seven, and he scored twenty four. So which means he actually outdid his um uh, expected, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, his expected assists were actually seven point eight, and uh, again he outdid. With eleven go eleven assists, sorry. Okay, mm-hmm. so this is just his stats based on uh, last season. Okay, let me just move on to shooting stats, right? His shooting stats, right? Okay, is very very interesting because um, last season he had twenty four goals. Okay, from eighty nine shots. Okay, so which means he had a forty seven point two percent shots on target, and he had a two point seven eight shots per ninety minutes. So out of three shots. For 90 minutes, right? He's expected to score one, which is actually quite high mm-hmm. for a striker. So that, that's why I say that he's probably the best um, right now in the game. Um, in terms of okay, the last one, the last two that I want to uh, go on with is uh, possession. Okay, uh, because you were talking about the touches, right? So yeah. I want to talk about the possession also. Okay, so last season, right? Last season, right? He had um, 1,172 touches. Okay. And uh, out of that, he had 668 touches in the third, in the attacking third, and uh, 239, 39 touches in the attacking penalty. Okay, 239 out of this 668 is in the penalty, which shows that his attacking is insane. Okay, uh, on top of that, right, he was able to actually carry the ball 
824 times. So he was able to, you know, successfully dribble. So you can see that his, his dribbling is also becoming very, very successful. So that's why I feel that he'll be a really, really good addition to um, Chelsea's playing style with him coming down to win the ball, make the pass, you know, or getting the ball up front and then dribbling up and, uh, you know, waiting for players to catch up to him, you know, down either the right flank or the left flank. Mm-hmm. And I think when I saw last season when he played for Inter Milan, right, uh, there were actually a lot of times where he came down to win the ball and then he went back up to, uh, you know, score the goal or to provide the assist. So mm-hmm. that actually speaks volumes of his uh, hard work. And uh, just the last stats that I want to go through is his goal creation. Um, so his goal creation, right, uh, for last season, his short creation, uh, creating actions, short creating actions were 114. Okay, so per game he had four. Uh, sorry, 3.56. 3.56 uh, short creating actions. Okay, which is actually very, very high also. Um, in terms of um, completed passes, he completed 80, 88 passes, um, of which he assisted 11. Mm-hmm. Okay, which is really, really high. So, uh, like I said earlier, he's in the 90, 90th percentile uh, for both expected goals and expected assists. So, that's why he's going to bring... Um, lots and lots of um um you know talent to the team of Chelsea okay let me just compare a little bit to uh Harry Kane okay so Harry Kane's expected goals is 89 percentile expected assists is somewhat 99 percentile I don't know why uh but it's so freaking high uh, but okay, so the reason why I'm comparing to Harry Kane is because of last season, uh, he played 35 games, he scored 23 goals. Okay? And um, in terms of that, right, in terms of that, right, if you look at um, the goal and shot creation, right, Harry Kane is at 3.3 per 90 minutes compared to Lukaku. Lukaku is actually higher. So that's why I think that Lukaku is going to come in, he's going to destroy the Premier League, he's going to win the top scorer award for this season. And he's just gonna take everything and, and bring and bring everything home to Chelsea. Right. So we have difference of opinions um regarding Lukaku. But well you have the stats and I have YouTube clips. <laughs> so the last uh news for this podcast, um well if there's one thing in football that's certain is actually harder to retain your league title. See Rangers were unbeaten the whole of last season in the league and in their second game of this season they've already lost so the record in Britain is still 49 if you know what, I, so <laughs> you if you know what I'm talking about not only that uh, they actually crashed out of the Champions League to Malmo and I always thought that Steven Gerrard was a great pilot in trying to lift Rangers airplane to success but it kind of seems like it's actually he's in charge of a roller coaster. And I don't know, I feel like Gerard's probably inspired by Liverpool's league win that he might actually follow in their footsteps out of to an out of sorts Liverpool in the following season, which was last season. Just don't lose seven two. Duh. Thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah, sorry. But duh, is it early season jitters or are the players still celebrating from last season? Um, okay, so to talk about the Dundee United game, right? I actually watched the game. Uh, I don't know why I watched the game, but I had nothing else to watch. Um, 
but yeah, so I watched the game and uh, actually Rangers didn't really play well. Um, Dundee United defended well. They played really, really well. And um, that's how they beat Rangers. Like, they, they really, really outperformed. But I also think that um, Rangers were heckled by the game against Malmo because they played Malmo. They lost. They, they played Malmo away. They lost. And then they played the Dundee United game. And then they had to play Malmo again at home. So I think Gerard was concentrating more on the game uh, against Malmo. So that's why um, there was a lapse of concentration against um, Dundee United. But you know, heads off the Dundee United, you know, they, they did the unthinkable. They did what no one could do last season and they beat Rangers. Hmm. Um, yeah, in terms of your question, sorry, what was your question again? So my question is, is it early season jitters or are the players still celebrating from last season? Because Gerard actually came out and kind of said that the, his players are actually still celebrating from the success of last season. Yeah, um, okay. So I I do think it's a combination of both. Um, we've seen it many times with, with different different teams, um, especially with Liverpool when they, won this, when they knew they had the season won, um, although they did not win it yet, um, they lost a few games. You know, to Watford, uh, to, to the likes of Watford and, and, and to other teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so that could be one reason why um, Rangers are sleeping right now. Uh, we Only time will tell and we, we will get to see them more often, you know, as, as the season comes around. We will see how um, Gerard puts out his teams and whether his criticism of his players actually wakes his players up. Okay. So, we've come to the end of the podcast. And before we say goodbye, Da, you have a quiz for me? Yes. Um, okay. So since Cristiano, since the emergence of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi in um, La Liga, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they have both won the Pichichi, uh, which is since 2010 till 2020, 2021. Mm-hmm. Okay, they have both won the Pichichi all the way. Okay, uh, sorry, it's 2009-2010 till uh, 2020-2021, right? So Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo have both won the Pichichi every year. Um, if you don't know what the Pichichi is, uh, of course, it's the top scorer award yep. for La Liga. Um, the only person to break it was Luis Suarez in 2015-2016. But my mm-hmm. question is, who was the player to win the Pichichi in 2008-2009 before Lionel Messi did in 2009 so, 0809, who was the Pichichi winner? 0809. Let me try and remember. 0809. Uh, is it... Uh, I'm guessing it's a Sevilla player. Nope. No? But oh. you're right that it's not Real Madrid and it's not Barcelona. Yeah, because I it, it can't be them. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, Aguero? No, but same team. I'll give you one more try. Forlan? Yes, you're right. Okay. No, I, I'll still take, take it as a loss. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, I, I forgot that Atletico Madrid was uh, a strong team in that period. Yeah, he scored... Um... 32 goals from 33 games. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, correct. 32 goals from 33 games. That's insane. 
All right. So good quiz. Uh, good show. And uh, hopefully you guys have uh, taken dust tip in the FPL well. And uh, yeah, it's a, such an enjoyable episode. Uh, any last words, Da? Um, good luck to everyone playing FPL. Um, yeah, we need to... I'm going to get the word out soon on the FPL code for everyone to join. Uh, so hopefully we see more and more people. So yeah, and and good luck. You know, hopefully you're getting your last minute deadlines in and uh, making sure that everybody is uh, well to do in your team. Yep. So that's all we have for today. Um, do like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to us as well. And uh, yeah, we hope to hear from you soon. So do leave any comments you have on this podcast on the our site's podcast. Uh, we'll hope to hear from you soon and uh, you'll hear from us next week. Take care. Bye-bye.